Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 4 of Alan's Accessible Adventures, a podcast. My name, of course, is Alan, and I've got a bit of a different episode for you guys today. As today is sort of kind of going to be a panel discussion about gaming and accessibility. Now, this panel discussion was taken directly from a live stream that myself and a few friends did at a virtual in-game Minecraft convention called KubeCon, which is basically, if you don't know, a convention that I uh, do every year, and it is held completely within Minecraft, like all the staging and the boots and stuff, it is uh, quite cool, but anyway, um, it is a native special effect which helps disabled gamers like myself who may not be able to uh, play games in a traditional sense to get kind of adaptive equipment or sort of adapt the games in ways that will enable them to uh, to play the game. But anyway, yeah, this was a live stream panel live streamed on the 22nd of November. So if there's anything uh, kind of outdated, I guess. In this panel that is white because it is from a couple weeks ago but anyway this was uh, also filmed live over discord so all of the kind of audio mixing or whatever was was done live so if there's any kind of weird echoes at some points which i seem to recall there there is for a slight bit it does it does sort itself out eventually but i think that this is kind of an interesting uh an interesting conversation so uh, hopefully you'll you'll forgive us in in uh, interest of this being a interesting topic at least for me because i'm in the field of accessibility and also slightly biased because i'm on the panel but speaking of the panel before we hand it over to the panel to the footage that i have Basically, I just wanted to say that if you did want to see a visual representation of what the panel looked like in-game and some of the more visual aspects that we reference here, I will have a video up on my Disabled Gamer YouTube channel where you can see sort of the kind of visual aspects. But for the most part, I think this conversation works well in audio too. Lastly, before I hand you over to our moderator for today, I kind of wanted to introduce everybody. We've got Kyle One Hand Mostly, who's kind of uh, moderating it. He has cerebral palsy like myself. And if you want to know more about him, we actually did an interview on the, the YouTube channel for Alan's Accessible Adventures. And he kind of talks about employment in the games industry with with a, with a disability, but anyway, we also have Accessible Gamer, who uh, kind of runs uh, the Accessible Stream team that I'm a part of, and then, of course, we have Becky Frost, who uh, works for Special Effect, who is the charity that I just told you guys about, so you'll be able to hear more about that. But without further ado, I'm gonna hand it over to my friend Kyle moderating this uh, moderating this panel. I hope you enjoy the podcast, and I will see you guys next week. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our KubeCon panel, the Disabled Gamer 
I am one hand mostly, and I have some special guests with us. Uh, Becky with Special Effect, the uh, Disabled Gamer, as well as the Accessible Gamer. So for first, we'll go ahead and we'll introduce our says, ourselves. I am one hand mostly a gamer through palsy, and I play uh, most of my games one-handed, so that's kind of how I got the name, and uh, I've been content creating and uh, used to work in the games industry as a QA tester. So we'll go to um, Disabled Gamer first. Yeah, hello, my name is Alan, or the Disabled Gamer, and I am a content creator and accessibility advocate with cerebral palsy and uh, accessible gamer hi guys uh my name is brandon uh, i go by the handle accessible gamer and i am relatively new to minecraft but i have been streaming and gaming uh with a disability for oh gosh i've been gaming for long before my spinal cord injury uh but i'm paralyzed from the chest down and in both of my hands so I'm a I'm a no-handed gamer, and I've been streaming on Twitch for about five years, and I have been involved in uh, video game accessibility advocacy, um, as well as uh, advocating for other content creators with disabilities. And Becky the Dragon, I believe. <laughs> Hi everyone, uh, my name's Becky. I work for Special Effect, which is a charity in the UK that helps people with physical disabilities to access video games. Um, but most people who are here probably know that already, um, as this event is um, is raising money for us, which is absolutely amazing. And I did uh, I did bother everyone to uh, to give me the dragon head before <laughs> before we came on. <laughs> so I'm very happy with my giant giant head compared to everybody else here. <laughs> I love it. It's massive. Thanks. Yes, it looks it looks good on your tiny little uh, legs and <laughs> here. Uh, if anybody in chat has questions, I am reading the Twitch chat, and so I can pull questions and also, from there. Also, I am reading the game chat, so if anybody has any questions in game, send them to me and I will pass them on to Kyle. Perfect. So I guess let's start and talk about when people look at accessibility, what are we really like, what are we talking about? Like, what is accessibility as far as in the video game uh, industry and how it pertains to that. Whoever wants to answer that can answer. Well, um, the way I look at it, accessibility in general in a video game mostly has to do with ways that the game is designed that allows people with uh, who have some sort of uh, physical, auditory, visual, or um, sensory or even a cognitive disability that might create challenges in normal gameplay and accessibility allows uh people to have that still have that experience without those complications getting in the way perfect i could not have said that better myself uh brandon that's for sure um thank you disabled gamer do you have anything to add yeah, I think Brandon kind of summed it up perfectly, but I think ex accessibility for me is kind of the difference between being able to play the games and not being able to play the games. Accessibility, at least the accessibility options in most games a lot of the times are make or break for me. So yeah, I think that it, it means that everybody is able to access and play the games. 
at the same at the same level and have 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 similar experiences. Perfect. Um, well, since this is like a Minecraft convention, let's uh, let's talk about how do you guys let's talk about your guys' setups and how you guys play games, whether it be Minecraft or anything else. But what did like kind of talk you on to how you uh, how your setups look and what you kind of technology you use um, to play video games, whether it be Minecraft or uh, whatever. Whoever wants to answer. Yeah. So I guess I'll go first with that one. Um, for Minecraft, I guess I just wanted to say that I I play with a keyboard and a trackpad, obviously, because I can't use a regular mouse. Because I I play with one finger just because of like spasticity and stuff. But uh, basically, um, the thing that I kind of wanted to mention was a lot of people don't actually realize the accessibility features within Minecraft and kind of. I guess look down on auto jump and stuff, especially around this this weekend. I feel like, yeah, it really brought a lot of light to why those features are important. Auto jump, auto crouch. If you think about it, like I can only play with one finger, so anything that kind of makes it easier is is uh, a bonus. But in terms of in terms of consoles, um. I also have an Xbox adaptive controller, which I think is a great invention. So sometimes if stuff is a little bit harder for me to use, I can also play with like head switches or mouth switches or whatever that may be. Perfect. Um, and it says, well, Gary, you want to talk about your setup a little bit? Uh, yeah, my setup is a little bit different. Uh, just, oh, actually it's probably a bit similar to, uh, disabled gamer um as a no-handed gamer i can't really hold a controller so playing on a console is pretty much off limits to me but i do have an xbox adaptive controller and the logitech switch pack um so i've got a whole bunch of buttons that i can access but i still use a an infrared head tracking mouse to control my cursor and I've got like this DIY controller that I use for moving forward. And I just kind of move forward all the time and turn around when I need to. But um, within Minecraft specifically, a lot of the accessibility settings, particularly the auto jump feature, I think is actually phenomenal. And this has kind of been on my mind these last couple of days where I've been thinking to myself, how many games require you to press a button to jump when you don't really need it, tactically speaking? I mean, there are some games that have puzzles where you have to jump from like ledge to ledge, or there and there are other games where you might have to like jump to evade an enemy's attack or something like that. But there are also a lot of games out there that just require you to jump for really no tactical reason and i was just thinking that uh a lot there are a lot of games out there that would be better served if they had an auto jump feature yeah yeah the only thing i can um can think of would be like uh in recent we like the, the say uh division two had the auto jump or all revolting over like obstacles if it was like a half Oh, yeah. I make a lot of use of that, for sure. Like, that's the only thing I can kind of... But you don't really see, like, if you're jumping, like, one block or something, even in, like, survival games and different things, um, how the auto-jump could definitely be... It saves time and energy. 
having a present. It, yeah. yeah, it really does. Um, I when I first I remember my first and having the auto jump feature on, and I'm like, wow, this is great and convenient. I really enjoyed that. It's probably one of my favorite features. Perfect. Uh, question for Becky, since we're talking about people's setups and different things. Mm -hmm. uh, how does special effect allow people with disabilities to access games and play them? Uh, cool. Yeah. So uh, generally, uh, how special effect works is we have a um, a team of occupational therapists who will go out and visit people in their homes. This is all pre pre-COVID and pre-coronavirus, so uh, I'll get on to that in a second. Um, but those uh, occupational therapists will um, assess people, uh, see what games they want to play, see what um, what systems they want to play it on, um, and see what is uh, hindering them from doing that. And then they will create a setup that is specifically designed for for them, for their needs, and uh, that can be anything from a, a regular controller that's just been tweaked slightly, um, all the way up to completely eye-controlled um, units. We're using a lot of the Xbox adaptive controllers that um, the disabled gamers been talking about, and the uh, the Logitech switches and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it varies wildly from person to person, depending on their um their physical needs and the games that they like to play that's a, a massive mm -hmm. consideration as well um one of our most recent case studies that we put out uh was of a, a young young lady called Paige, who um actually plays minecraft using a head mouse probably quite similar to to yours um brandon um coupled with imine which is software that we've um we've created which is uh free and open source on the special effect website you can download it um and it's a, a way to play minecraft completely with eye tracking uh or or head mouse kind of technology um Ooh. so yeah d loads it's it's so varied like it completely depends from person to person one person's setup will be uh very different from another's but uh that's kind of in a nutshell what we do and since um since coronavirus uh, and the restrictions there kicked in, we've been uh, actually working remotely. Um, so the team have done an incredible job uh, of sort of pivoting to online um, assessments and Skype and Teams and Zoom calls with um, with carers and parents and talking them through setting up the equipment that we'll send out to them via courier. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been quite a uh, a different different few months for us <laughs> um but yeah that's how we're we're currently helping people that's awesome awesome um another question here from chat specifically mm -hmm. as like uh not for everyone um is there this guy runs a minecraft survival server and is there anything he can do to support disability or things that you come across on minecraft servers consistent or constantly that could be more made more accessible um I guess I'll answer this because I play mostly on servers, but um, I think that there are some like more visual things, so perhaps like subtitles or or kind of um, just be aware of like font sizes and stuff for for visual accessibility. And then also, what I will say for me playing with with one hand is if. If you have an area that requires parkour, just be aware that 
people like myself can't really do parkour so uh yeah maybe maybe like have an alternate path or some kind of skip feature where you you uh, wouldn't have to kind of do the things or just basically don't make things like a must because that might deter some people from playing like make make options around uh, around your courses and stuff like that yeah definitely i think uh reaching out to the players that are in your server as well and seeing what works and what doesn't and just having like an open line of communication to see what kind of uh, things they're having to pull with with and what can be made accessible and be automated for them i know in like a lot of survival games for me uh sometimes you know hunting animals and different things because the animals are so fast or mobs or different things are hitting me and like i'm dying a lot so like if you're able to like either customize the survival settings of each for each player and different things that you need that would go a long way not necessarily having like easy normal hard but a variety of things kind of like what subnautica does where like certain players only have to eat and drink and certain players only have health and different things like that i think i have a a question here in the in the game chat or rather like a statement okay. i don't know if anybody here has played the last of us part two but somebody here is just saying that it has apparently phenomenal accessibility features and i was wondering if kind of people could talk about that or something i i gather is there is their question possibly again uh, that's how i'm reading i have not played the game I play most everything on PC. What about y'all too? <laughs> um, I, I might be able to help there. I haven't played the game myself, but the um, uh, the special effects R&D team uh, actually have a, a blog where they'll um, they'll kind of, what's the word? I've lost all my English words. They will sort of profile uh, new games that are out and, and go through the accessibility options. So I don't know if I'm allowed to pop a link in the chat. Is that okay? I could go find that for you. If not, you'll get banned. It's okay. I'll, I'll get banned. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll head off and I'll find the link and uh, and pop it in the chat and risk risk my uh, Twitch life. Put, put myself on the line there. Uh, if I might uh, be able to chime in real quick um, yeah. with that earlier question, ultimately it's about like communicating with the people on your server to make sure that their own accessibility needs are being met. And this doesn't just go for gamers with like with permanent visible disabilities, but it might be these things might be useful for players who um, I who might have like a temporary disability. Like say you've got a player who's broken their right hand for some reason and they have to uh, adapt and play with one hand or something like that. Um, it's all about just really providing the options so that uh, people can adapt to the challenges on their own. And then the rest of it is just uh, making sure that the server settings are um, set so that everybody is able to thrive on whichever like world you've got generated. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think the communication and, and, and that, and you admit, uh, everyone's getting older and, and disabilities are going to be becoming more prevalent. You don't really ever notice how like maybe your 
putting your baby to sleep and you have the subtitles on when you're watching Netflix, so you can still watch Netflix and binge watch the show you want to watch and how important mm-hmm. subtitles are and different things like that. So like, I feel like the more accessibility we have in games and different things, the more people become aware of them and like how often they actually use them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I they- doubt, I doubt there's a single person in this entire convention, viewers, gamers, or whatever, that actually plan to stop playing video games just because they get too old for them. I don't like that's not something that's actually going to. I don't see very many people actually doing that. And I actually, I don't think I've spoken to anybody in the five years that I've been doing this who has said, you know what? If I get too old for video games, I think I'm done. I'll just hang up my controller. But most people yeah. want to be buried with them. Definitely. Sorry, Becky, we've got a question for you in chat from one of the people that I think it's to mod you in the chat or whatever. What's your what's your Twitch handle or like what would you be using to post the link? Oh, um I've I've just posted it in in the main chat. Is someone asking in your chat as well? Oh, okay. I see. Uh, my my Twitch handle, sorry, is uh, is just my name, Becky Frost, with a zero for the O. So I've yeah, just, somebody uh, posted was that. Somebody uh, thank was you to the mods who, who permitted me there. Um, but it is it is just gameaccess.info. Um, if people want to go and have a look at that website, and that's by the special effect team, uh, research and development team, and the occupational therapists, and there are lots of videos on there and and blog posts. Um, I see someone just fly away on the, on the, uh, <laughs> I did not see, there you go, now Cubecom got it, Cubecom, the user got it, uh, got it in the Twitch chat, awesome. Perfect. Um, well, we got a few minutes left, um, uh, what are, what are some things that you're seeing, that you guys are seeing now as far as accessibility that are really awesome that are being developed or designed that are really helping you play games uh, as they are released like now. So like what kind of features or things that you guys look for, I guess, in sense um, that will help to help you play games? Um, I guess I'll go first. I am, I really like accessible gamers said the auto features in, in, in Minecraft. I really wish that a lot of more games would kind of implement that because it's amazing how simple it is but yet effective and then also I think that uh, the amazing thing that people are doing that actually doesn't take much resources is to actually listen to your community. Um, I know that Microsoft, um, I know Kyle can kind of speak to this again, but uh, Microsoft do these things called sprints where they bring disabled gamers in to actually kind of uh, test stuff and I think that that's really cool because disability is kind of it's not one sh- one size fits all and then also I think unless you like experience disability firsthand you don't really know how to accommodate it so that it's it's quite nice that, that they're, they're kind of bringing people in who know about these things they're listening to their players and i think that if the future keeps going like that then i think that that's a good way to kind of go yeah definitely uh any accessible gamer 
Um, I'm I'm actually looking at a lot of ways that handle controller input. Um, just because since I play on a PC and I use the next Xbox adaptive controller, I have. I sometimes will have issues where if I'm playing a game, it'll recognize the Xbox adaptive controller as a primary input. And then I get all these conflicts because I use software to turn those, to essentially turn my Xbox adaptive controller into a keyboard of sorts. Mm -hmm. So it'll send keystrokes to the operating system whenever I press one of the buttons. And I'm noticing the first time I saw this was when they released Borderlands 3. It ha actually had the option to turn off controller input. And it was mm -hmm. the first time I ever saw that. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. So when I played that game, and I've seen this in a few others, not it's not as prevalent yet, but hopefully it'll get some traction. Being able to use my adaptive controller without having to worry about button conflicts like when i press a button having it do two things at once because it does whatever the controller says it's supposed to do and whatever keystroke is sent to the os i'm seeing a lot less of that and that is really making me happy because it's showing that gamers are or i'm sorry that development studios are looking at uh what i call atypical inputs and uh, they're looking at the pop, you know, they're accepting that people might not be using um, a controller, even a keyboard and mouse in the traditional sense. And yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy to see more of that. And yeah. of course, there's a lot of really great innovations for people with uh, visual disabilities. Uh, people with auditory disabilities, subtitles are being are becoming a lot more of a mainstream thing, and as well as uh, not just subtitles, but also things for people with like color blindness. Their color blindness mode is becoming a lot more popular. Uh, gamers are designing their user interfaces, or I'm sorry, developers are designing their user interfaces a lot better, so that um, even if they don't have a colorblind mode, they still make sure to not like have greens next to reds and um, have have colors be a thing that is, I guess, less of an obstacle for people who have colorblindness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even if they don't have like a specific colorblindness mode. Yeah, it's like not depicting an action or an object by only color, so it has like a symbol and the color or just a symbol instead of that color. and auditory cues yeah like if uh not just if like someone's speaking in a game but like if something is exploding sometimes you'll see you know barrel explodes i remember seeing that in borderlands 3 that was also a really good accessibility feature as well well i think we're right at time i believe I want to go through everyone and give, allow everyone to have shout-outs and stuff, so we'll start with Disable Gamer to do shout-outs first. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you very much, Coop, for having us. You've been very accommodating over the last few years, and this uh, year is no different. Of course, uh, my name is the Disable Gamer, 
You can find me on YouTube and Twitch at Ramad. You can also find me at Alan's Accessible Adventures on YouTube for for um kind of more in real life accessibility stuff. And then also if you are more of a fan of podcasts, you can also find me on Spotify and most podcast platforms at Alan's Accessible Adventures the Podcast. But for those of you who are in-game, if you do have any questions, I have a booth and I will be online at that booth until 8 o'clock today answering questions if your question hasn't been answered here. Perfect. All right. Accessible Gamer. I just wanted to give a shout out to everybody who is a member of the Accessible Streamers community and stream team. Uh, these guys are some of the best content creators that you can find on Twitch. And if you want to see more of my own content, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch. The username is the same on both platforms, Accessible Gamer. And um, I do a lot of co-op gaming, uh, Warframe, uh, The Division 2, and I also do... Um, a bit of survival as well. I've just started getting into Seven Days to Die again, which has been a lot of fun. Some awesome. And Becky, how can people help further the mission uh, special effect? Um, absolutely. Well, I, I, I wanted to say a, a huge thank you um, to to Cube for, for having me and uh, yeah, for their, their support of special effect uh, this year and over the past few years. It's been absolutely amazing um if you do want to get involved uh there are several different ways so if you head to our website it's www.specialeffect.org.uk uh got loads of info on there um and different ways that you can get involved uh, we've got game blast coming up uh early next year which is our annual uh streaming fundraising event um which should be very very fun we've just launched signups for that so um uh, and if anyone's got any questions that haven't been answered here uh, i'm on uh, Twitter at Becky Frost with a zero for the O and I'll stick about in chat as well for a bit um, just to answer any questions but this is honestly this has been amazing thank you so much for having me I'm uh, I'm really enjoying just looking out into the crowd and seeing all these little like bumblebee balloons and stuff it's been it's been great and someone keeps uh, setting off a, a, a rainbow firework behind us which I'm loving it's <laughs> great Absolutely stuff fantastic <laughs> yes awesome Make sure one donates to it. I think you can donate on. Oh, he's back. There he is. Door as well. I am one him mostly. You can find all my content and stuff on Twitter and YouTube and Twitch under the same name, one him mostly. So um, that'll do it for us. Um, if anybody has any questions and stuff, we can hang out in the chat a little bit, uh, a little bit afterwards. But I want to thank you for having us and have a good rest of your day or night wherever you are. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.